Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Well, I want you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews today, chapter 2. As the Lord guides and as long as He gives me direction, starting a new series today we've been talking for many many months on affirmation and we ended our series on affirmation with the difference between affirmation and endorsement God endorses everyone all the time I'm sorry God affirms all of his children all the time he affirms it's part of his nature it flows out of his love and grace mercy and forgiveness but he doesn't endorse many We talked about biblical examples of God endorsing people. I don't know about you, but I want to be able to be endorsed by the Lord, don't you? We talked about that at great length. We talked about the difference in many of the champions of faith after they were endorsed by the Lord. All of those are on our website, audio and visual Today I want to talk about heaven. How much you know about heaven, Linda? No, you want to go there. What do you know about it, Jim? What do you know about heaven, Otis? Beautiful place where God lives. Louise, what do you know about heaven? No more suffering. That's a good deal, isn't it? What do you know about heaven, Pastor Brown? No more tears and no more suffering. Alan, Jean, what do y'all know about heaven? Peace and love. Heaven speaks. Y'all looking this way? If I went around the room, we would all have bits and pieces of revelation about heaven. But how many of you will say what your pastor says? Listen to me now. I've been studying the Bible a long time. I went to seminary. Do you know that we didn't have one single course on heaven? I studied and got a degree in religion and philosophy. I did not have one single course on heaven. Do you know that I have been to so many revival services? If I had a quarter for every one of them, I could probably fund anybody's need in here. I heard some sermons on hell, but I hadn't heard much on heaven. Isn't that interesting? If you were about to go to Rome, Italy, and you had never been, do you think it might be a good idea for you to study about Italy and about Rome and to to find out a whole bunch of information about the place you were going to in a week or two? Wouldn't that be a good idea? 
Do you know that you and I are going to spend all eternity, we're going to live without end in a place that we don't know much about? So let me go ahead and confess something to you. I don't know a whole lot about it because I hadn't investigated it very diligently. I've been so absorbed in the nasty now and now that I hadn't invested any knowledge in what's awaiting me. Can I ask you a question? How stupid is that? Just to put it bluntly. Do you know that I'm as far away from heaven as you are? One heartbeat. One breath. From living somewhere for eternity that we don't know much about. Think about that. You may not make it down Brook Highlands Parkway today. You may be in where you're going to spend eternity. Do you know much about it? How many of you will say, Pastor, I'm just like you. I don't know very much. Well, it's most of us, isn't it? Why should I know about this? And this has been provided. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 2 with me. And I want you to see the practical aspect of this provision that the Lord has made. Verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children, everybody say, that's me, have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, that is Jesus, our high priest, likewise shared in the same. That is, he took on flesh and blood. That, because, so that, through death, he might destroy him who had, past tense, the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I want to suggest to you today that most of us don't think much about heaven because we have such an internal fear of death we don't want to go there. We don't want to think about the... See, it's not death that, I, that I'm afraid of. It's just the act of dying that gives me anxiety. What I'm going to have to go through to get there. Anybody else agree with that? Jesus came and died for you and for me to set us free from the bondage of the fear of of death. Who can give me a definition of death? Uh, it's what happens to all of No, no, no. Death is the absence of life. Would you agree with that? If something has life in it, it's not dead. Yes or no? Death is the absence of life. We fear anything that is not absorbed by life. We, we fear anything that doesn't have life pulsing through it. You fear what's going to happen to you if you are not absorbed with the life of Jesus who broke the power of death over you. You fear the death of a lot of things. You fear the death of health. You fear the death of a job. You fear the death of an income. You fear the death of a relationship. What Jesus has done 
is through his death is to break the grip of death in all its tentacles. Not just the act of dying and not coming back to this planet, but the, but the act of anything that we believe gives us significance. Our job, our relationships, our, whatever it is, we fear the death of that. And the reason Jesus died was to release, listen, verse 15, to release us from the fear of death and being all of our lives subject to bondage. Are you afraid about an outcome today? Are you afraid somebody's going to make a decision? Maybe a judge, maybe a boss, maybe some supervisor you don't even know very well, maybe a customer or a client. Do you fear a decision somebody else is going to make about you is going to bring the death of something that you are holding on to as your security. Jesus died to break the grip of anything that would hold you in bondage. So wouldn't it behoove us to make conscious decisions on a daily basis to place our security in the only one who has broken the grip of fear off of our lives. As long as somebody else holds the key to death in your relationship, you will be in bondage about something all your life. Jesus died to release us from the fear of death. Wow. What happens to a believer the moment of death, according to the Bible? To be absent from the body is to be what? 2 Corinthians 4.8, yes or no? But you know there's a lot of ignorant and misguided teaching. I confess to you, look, if people like me who are training for ministry don't even have one single course on heaven. Is there any, and I'm not saying that you have to go to formal education and seminaries and all of that, but I'm telling you this, the absence of teaching on heaven, the absence of light lets in what? Darkness. So is there any wonder that there is ignorance and misguided teachings as it relates to heaven? Some people think you're not supposed to talk about that. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, you're going to have to be in the scriptures here with me this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Turn in your Bible or your iPad or your iPhone or whatever. I like to study my Bible with my iPad. I can see the print better. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Here's what some people quote as to why you shouldn't try to find out what's going on in heaven. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has there ever entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Some people say, 
God only should know what's going on in heaven. That is not for us to know. How many of you know that it's ignorant and misguided to stop reading when the Lord has not completed his thought? Look at the next verse. The next verse. Wouldn't it make sense to read the next verse? But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now look at verse 12. Now we, believers, have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Wow. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Some people argue. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 is a good indication that we shouldn't pursue what's going on in the heavenly realm. And they point to this scripture right here. Paul says that in 2 Corinthians 12, he talks about a vision that he had verse 2. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether I was in the body, I don't know, or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. What do you mean third heaven? Well, the first heaven in Scripture is where the birds fly, the atmosphere. The second heaven is interstellar space, that area above the earth where angels, even demons, and uh, where the stars are. The third heaven is that place mentioned in Scripture where the throne of God is located. And Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. So Paul says, I was caught up to the third heaven in the presence of God. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, God knows. He was caught up into paradise and he heard, listen, inexpressible words which is not lawful for a man to utter. So some people say, Paul got to go to heaven temporarily in a vision, or whether he was transported there by the Spirit, we don't know, but it was God didn't want him to tell what he saw. How many of you know that if you take one isolated place and you try to make it a blanket, when it's just a thread, you're going to make a mistake. Let me show that to you, what I'm trying to say. Turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 1. Last book of your Bible, Revelation, chapter 1. Don't let me lose you now. Pastor, why should we try to find out as much as we can about heaven? Revelation, chapter 1. I've already given you one reason. You're going to spend eternity there. Wouldn't it make sense to find out all you... Yeah? Three of us think so. Revelation 1, Jesus speaking. He's saying to, to John, his apostle, on the Isle of Patmos, verse 9, John speaking first, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ... I was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Listen, verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, 
This is Jesus speaking now. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Then Jesus said, whatever you do, don't tell anybody. Did you ever say that? Just see if you're awake. Here's what Jesus said. What you see, write in a book and send it to the churches that are in Asia. John goes on to say, verse 17, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, verse 17. But he laid his right hand on me, that is Jesus, and he said to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Verse 19. Write the things you've seen. So some people in ignorance say Paul got to see things and hear things from the Lord. But he was not enabled to speak them. But you shouldn't assume that that's true about everything. God gave John a revelation and said, I not only want you to see it, I want you to write it so everybody else can understand. Isaiah said in the Old Testament, in the, year, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. The Spirit of the Lord led him to write what he saw with the seraphim that covered his presence among the angels. Now turn back to the left. Let's go to the book of Colossians. I want, to, I want us to see what the Lord wants us to do about this. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Talking about how we died with Christ in chapter 2. Then he says in chapter 3 verse 1, If then you were raised with Christ. Can I ask you something? In the mind of God, when Jesus was raised from the dead, where were you? Where were you when Jesus was raised from the dead? In Christ, yes or no? Did He not represent you? If you were raised with Christ, seek, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. If that's not heaven, where is it? The word seek here is the Greek verb zeteo. It means to passionately, continually keep on seeking like a shepherd seeking a lost sheep. Keep on seeking what's going on in heaven where Christ is sitting sitting at the right hand of God. And set your mind on things above and not on the things that are on the earth. So is everybody with me now? It's not only okay, it is a command to seek what's going on in heaven. Well, now that we've established that, let me say something here. Some people say, well, I'm so afraid that if I start imagining what's going on in heaven, now remember, your imagination has to be based on the biblical record. 
Your imagination has to be based on the biblical record. What does that mean? I've got to get more informed about the biblical record. Amen? Listen, there's nothing wrong with imagination as long as it flows out of the right basis. God created you with an imagination. I believe that most things that you can't imagine, you won't desire. You can't desire what you really can't imagine. So God wants us to allow our imaginations to be rooted and saturated in Scripture so that we begin to allow our imagination guided by the principles of the Word of God to begin to see those things in our inner man that God has prepared for us the best we can. There are those who say, you know what, if I can't see it, I don't believe it. How many of you have a cell phone? Do you carry it around with you? Does it have to be plugged into the wall? Or is, is it what they call wireless? What is it? Well, you can't see what's transmitting those signals to that little phone. You can't see it? Yes or no? Well, I know there's a satellite somewhere that's transmitting those signals through the airways. And I also know, I have mine turned off, I hope you do too. I also know that there is a receiver somewhere. There's a satellite up there, and there is a receiver right there. And I put this little receiver up to my ear, and I can talk, I can listen, and all that. But I can't see, hmm, I can't see the sound waves. I can't see, I really can't even see the transmitter. It's up there in space somewhere, but I just believe it's there. Somebody told me that that's the way it works. Turned on these switches this morning, and there was electricity flowing through these walls. Wish the plumbing was as good as the electricity, but there was electricity flowing through these walls. And lights come. Did you see the electricity? No, I saw the benefits of it, but I didn't see the electricity. It's imperceptible. How stupid is it for people to say, well, I can't see heaven. I know that. I just don't think it exists. When every single day of their lives, they operate in the unseen. Do you know that scientists, astronomers tell us, now they have discovered that there are universes. Uh-uh, not planets. No, you're living on a planet, and it has a solar system. And You know, there are planets out there, there's a sun, there's a moon. Do you know that astronomers are telling us now that there are innumerable universes that cannot be, have not been and cannot be observed? And you know, people are studying science in universities every day and they say, astronomers tell us, okay, that's it, it must be true then.
And yet the Word of God, full of accuracy, full of life, full of integrity, never, never, without integrity, says there is a heaven. It is a real, tangible place. There are those who refuse to believe it because they say it can't be seen. No, I just can't be seen with these natural eyes. Neither can the sound waves that affect your phone and your television. Well, I, don't, I can see the effects of that. Well, my goodness, I've got the effects of heaven and so do you as a born-again man or woman walking around with you every day. There are certain things you choose to do and not do because there's an imprint of heaven in your inner man by the Holy Spirit. Well, where is it? What we just read there in Colossians? Here's what we do know. Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. The short answer is it's where God and Jesus are. You know, I'm just a simple-minded man. The Bible says from here, that's up. The Bible says that in Christ, we're going to be raised up with Christ Jesus. The Bible says Christ is going to descend from heaven to the earth. So if that's what the Word says, it's good enough for me. Heaven's up somewhere. Heaven's up somewhere. Can I tell you something? It's not going to take you long to get there when you exit this earth suit that you have. The only thing that's keeping you bound and even legal on the earth is an earth suit. And as soon as that earth suit doesn't function, you are going to go to heaven or hell. The Bible says that Lazarus and the rich man, when they died, they went to Heaven, Lazarus' case, or hell, the rich man. He didn't go to hell because he was rich. He went to hell because he put his security in his resources instead of in God. You say, well, that's old-fashioned, Pastor. You can't go there now. Can I tell you something? If there is no heaven and there is no hell, you might as well throw this book away because it is full of references. Of There is a place prepared for you, and the Bible says there is a place God originally prepared for the devil and his angels. That was his intent. But if you refuse to receive the gift of God's grace, God won't make you go to heaven. He loves you too much to make you go somewhere against your will. Where is it? Well, we know it's where Christ is, seated with the Father. We know that it is above, it's up from here. And we know that for us, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, 8 again. Don't have time to go there in in. In our t- I want you to turn with me to John 14. Go to John 14. The Bible says that for the believer to be absent from the body is to be where? See, some people think that when a believer dies, oh, they go through all this process and they have to wait stuff out and sweat stuff out. 
I want you to think about something here for just a minute. You have loved ones who, who, who are of faith, people who know Jesus. Do you know that the moment their heart stopped beating and their breath left them, do you know they were, if they were absent from the body, they were what? Present with who? Does that not encourage and comfort you or what? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. How can that happen so fast? Listen to me. There's no distance in the spirit. I mean, you're not a million miles from heaven. You're a heartbeat from heaven. There's no distance in the realm of the spirit. To be absent from this body, which is the only thing that is keeping you from being forever present with the Lord. This is the only thing keeping you from being forever present. There's no distance. Now, let's look here at what Jesus said. And You know, sometimes we read these things and we get so familiar with them, we don't really meditate on them. Jesus said, John 14, he was telling his disciples he was about to leave. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Listen, in my Father's house are many mansions, literally in the Greek, Dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, listen, I go to prepare a place for you. Heaven is a literal, visible, feelable place. It's not some mysterious existence that, well, it is just in the realm of the Mind, it is just, no, no, it is a literal place. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, verse 3, to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Where is heaven? It's where Jesus is, and it is a place. There is a dwelling place. God, give us revelation. Well, who's there? Well, we know God, the Lord Jesus, the holy angels. We also know that every believer who has preceded us are present there this very moment. Well, what form of existence do people in heaven have? What are they doing up there? I mean, all right now, be honest with me. How many of you at some point in your walk with the Lord, as far as you're concerned, heaven is probably the concept of just one long church service? How dreadful. Y'all don't have to put as much energy into these as some of us do. Dreadful. Boring. If that's all there is. Some people think, well, it's just that area that is not really real where there's floating spirits around and 
And we'll just be like angels look like now. That is hard for me to comprehend that based on what I'm going to tell you in the next few weeks. That just doesn't make sense. Is the present heaven the way it's always going to be? John said in his Revelation chapter 21, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth descending down from heaven. And guess who came to live and rule and reign and dwell on that new earth? Oh my. Well, I can tell you one thing. We got some indication of what our bodies are going to be like in the eternal state, Otis. And they're not going to be bound by time and space. The Bible says we're going to get a new body like Jesus' resurrection body. Between now and next week, maybe you ought to read in the last few chapters of the Gospels what Jesus' resurrection body was like. It's fascinating. It's exciting. And you're going to get one like that. You're going to be the recognizable you. People have asked me, will we recognize each other in heaven? Are you kidding me? The Bible says that you will know fully then. Now you just know partially. Well, if you know people now and you've just got partial knowledge, how would you ever think that you won't know them when you know fully? That's inconceivable to me. Well, we're going to talk about that next week. What are we going to be doing up there? What's it going to look like? What's going on? And we're going to see if the Bible has some answers to that. Let's all stand. I know this has been a teaching thing, but I don't apologize for it. We need to be students of the Word. How many of you say, you know, Pastor, I want to go on a journey with you. I'm going to ask the Spirit of God to give me revelation of what I need to know about what's going on in heaven. Colossians 3 tells me that I am to earnestly seek the things above where Christ is. That I'm going to do it. How many of you would say to me, I'm asking the Spirit of God to open my eyes to the Word of God to help me know what I need to know about heaven? Raise your hand. Father, I believe that you've given us these snapshots so that we can look forward to the ongoing eternal video that we will be alive more than ever real participants in the place that you have prepared for us give us more compassion for those who are a heartbeat away from eternal destruction. Give us an ongoing and increasing excitement about our future. But Lord, I ask You most of all that we get this revelation and that it would break 
every grip of fear. That we would recognize that there is no man or woman, there is no job or boss, there is no physician's account, there is no relationship, there is no judge or jury, there is not one single living being that has the right to hold us hostage in fear. You have broken the grip of fear off of our life through the death of our Lord Jesus. How many of you will say it with me? Mighty God, say it. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, I receive today the breaking of the grip of fear, the bondage that has held me hostage. I declare it has been broken in the name of Jesus. He is my Lord. He is my provider. He has made a place that is waiting for me. When my assignment is over, I am there. Thank you, Lord. Open my eyes. Open my heart to greater understanding of who you are and what you've prepared for me in love. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we'll continue this next week. God bless you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.